Welcome to Mind Body Soul Radio, broadcasting from New York City with Mind Body Soul Yoga Studio founder and mystic mama, Alyssa Snow. Awakening, healing, yoga. We're getting real and we're getting gritty because, as they say, no mud, no lotus. And now your host, Alyssa Snow. Hello, hello. This is Alyssa Snow with our third episode of Mind, Body, Soul Radio. I'd like to take a moment before we begin just to tune in, to create a little bit of space in our mind, a little bit of space in our heart, maybe all join together energetically. So wherever you are, close your eyes and take a nice deep breath in. I honor the Father, the intellect, the healthy problem-solving psychological mind. I honor my father, all fathers before him and all fathers now. I honor those qualities within him and me and all. I honor the mother, the nurturing unconditional love of a full heart. I honor my mother, all mothers before her and all mothers now. I honor those qualities within her and me and all. I honor the teacher and the carriers of knowledge that become wisdom. Teachers that come in all forms and all situations, I honor them. I honor the teacher and the wisdom within me and all around me. Life is a teacher, and I'm its student. I honor God and the loving energy of intentional creation. I honor creation in its natural time. I honor creation of myself and life everywhere. I honor creation as an expression of love. I invite my guides my masters, my teachers, and all beings of the light into my day, into this podcast, into my practice, into your day, into your practice today. So you may infuse my mind and my heart with the light of my soul so I may know to surrender instead of control. So on Monday night... This past Monday, I was lucky enough to see Eckhart Tolle, the author of The Power of Now and The Good Earth and The New Earth, The New Earth, at uh, NYU for free. I love New York City when you could do free things. And I've read his books and I've, um, I can say that he's probably one of my greatest teachers from books. Um, Many of my teachers actually have been through reading, through books, through words. And he's, he's top of the list, man. He's top of the list. And he said something that really I've been thinking about ever, ever since. I've been thinking about this for a few days. And he said, life is not meant to make you happy. It's designed to make you uncomfortable. And I, I love this, but it conflicts Interestingly enough, it conflicts with another teacher who's been profound in my life, Yogi Bhajan, who's the father of Kundalini Yoga. It conflicts with a quote that that he offered, which was, happiness is your birthright. And so those, those two statements felt opposite to me. And I thought about it. Okay, Eckhart Tolle says that, Life is designed to make me uncomfortable. But yet, 
Yogi Bhajan says, happiness is my birthright. Which is it? And so, going a little deeper, Eckhart Tolle was, was talking about those of us, and I say those of us because I think it's all of us, to a certain degree, that, that expect life to work out or expect maybe life to be okay. Because why else would we be here, right? Are we here to suffer? Are we here for things to go wrong and for us to be unhappy? That seems cruel, right? That seems cruel. Even though if you sort of take that mountain view of the world right now, there's so much suffering and there's so much crisis and chaos and pain. But is that why we're here? I don't, I don't know. That doesn't, that seems, that seems, that doesn't seem right to me. But taking into account the fact that sometimes we count on life to deliver our desires. And we think that when our desires are delivered to us, then we'll be happy. Right? I mean, take for example some of the story that I was telling on episode one with Follow Your Bliss, right? So I had (laughs) this whole big dream for my life that I was going to get married and I was going to have children and I was going to raise conscious children who were like practically little Buddhas. Really, I really thought that. You can laugh. You can laugh at me and you can even make fun of me. I actually really thought that. <laughs> you should meet my children. They are wonderful. They are not little Buddhas. <laughs> um, I'm going to open up a business. My business is going to serve many people. I'm going to teach yoga. I'm going to be useful. And I'm going to be happy because all of that is going to come to pass. And it's going to make my life feel so fulfilled and so purpose-driven that I can't help to be happy. And so that was my mindset for a while. I was, I was going to be happy when all of those things happened. And guess what? All of those things did happen. Very blessed. All of those things did happen. And I'm here to report not one of them resulted in happiness, like long-term sustained happiness. That doesn't mean I wasn't happy when I married my husband. That doesn't mean that I wasn't over the moon when I had my children. It doesn't mean that, you know, accomplishments in, in business and in my career didn't make me happy. It did. But what I'm saying is it wasn't sustained. It didn't bring me into this point of happiness that just stays because now I have this life that I dreamed of. And so with all of these things that happened over the course of this, this, you know, these last 10 years of, of creating a family, of, of creating a business, like more things than I could possibly list went wrong or made me uncomfortable. And looking back, I realized that this discomfort, which we'll call the mud, right? We'll call this discomfort the mud. All of these things that happened to me, some big, some small. I mean, in order to give birth to my daughter, I had, sheesh, nine IUIs, three IVFs. I had a doctor tell me I would never have a baby with my own body, with my own eggs. Took quite a bit of years. And so that was hard. That was really hard. And so 
And then, and then I had a baby, and then that was its own kind of hard, right? But, but rather than sort of drown in the thought that this is so hard, and by the way, I did do that for a little while, right? I did have this mindset or this, this recurring internal dialogue of this is so hard. This is so hard. This is so hard. This was my thinking about it. And then that ultimately ended up being my experience, right? This is so hard. This is so hard because everything that I saw was hard. And so looking back, I realized that perhaps all of these things happened to me to wake me up, to rattle me, to rattle my chain and to get my attention. And so what is... What is life trying to get my attention for, right? Am I not already awake, right? I'm not sleeping, or am I? What does that mean? And so when we think about waking up, when we think about awakening, it's not like, you know, I'm asleep at night and I wake up in the morning and now I'm awake and I'm conscious in my day. No, no. There's a deeper level. It's I'm awake to the, to the thoughts in my mind. I realize that there are these thoughts in my mind and there's this conceptual mind that I have that consists of, you know, what I want to do, my plans, my desires, my everyday sort of navigation of daily life. But it also consists of of all these patterns of thinking that have been accumulating over the course of my life, right? Who I am, my name who I am to other people, who other people are to me, right? How I relate in the world, my job, right? Um, How I see myself, how I believe myself to be, how I believe I fit into the larger scheme of the world, if you will. And so all of those those things, those beliefs, those, those thoughts, they form this conceptual framework about who I think I am and then that creates thinking well that's sort of a simplified explanation I think but it's my experience that creates thinking and the quality of people's thoughts and internal dialogue is sort of very unique to their own mind body spirit experience and and the the cumulative effect of life for them. And so if you were a child that was scolded a lot or put down or spoken to in certain ways, those words that were spoken to you, you may very well speak them to yourself. If you were a child who cried a lot and wasn't allowed or permitted to express emotion. You may have a difficult time being vulnerable and expressing emotion as an adult. And so these aspects of us that are formed over the course of our lives, they, they, they form an essentially a, a veil, if you will, a veil of thought of thinking, of feeling, 
in the emotional body. And so when I say that we need to wake up or we're waking up, or maybe life is meant to shake us and wake us up out of our stupor, out of our stupor of thinking, constantly thinking. And so just a simple example, right? I was, I was in traffic last week. I, was, I drive from the Washington Heights area in New York City to the Bronx. And sometimes it's an easy drive and sometimes it's just crazy pants with the traffic. And it was one of those crazy pants day and it was traffic and it was, you know, it was crazy. And it was just one of those things that you just, you just have no control over, right? Here you are in traffic. And if you have to get somewhere at a certain time, well, then that's just too bad. So I'm in the car and I'm just driving and I'm just going slowly and I'm noticing this sort of irritation because it's it's six o'clock and I've got the kids in the back seat and I usually like to be home by six o'clock because I have to cook dinner and then do the whole nighttime thing and then just the later I get home the harder it is with the whole routine and so I was thinking about that right I was thinking about oh six o'clock shit I'm going to get home. I got to cook dinner. Lily's going to be hungry. And, you know, with Lily hungry and angry sort of go together, it's like a hangry thing. And then she sort of freaks out. And then, um, you know, everybody's tired and hungry at the same time. And then it's sort of this perfect storm of temperament and that can get ugly. So I'm thinking about this in the car. I'm thinking about how, how it's going to be a freaking disaster. No. But I caught myself. So I was thinking about this, and then I saw how my chest got tight. I felt how my chest got tight and how my belly started to get nervous. And I, I realized, wow, I'm, I'm like having an emotional response to a problem that doesn't even exist, right? And so I came back to my breath. And I was watching my breath. And, I, and, I, and as I came back to my breath and into the present moment, right, I, all those thoughts went away. Because if I can focus on my breath, I'm not thinking those thoughts anymore. They might be floating around like clouds in the sky, right? They might be in the background. But my focus is on my breath. My focus is on the sensations in my body. That's where my intent goes. And immediately I felt better. Immediately, my heart rate went down, my belly ache went away, my chest softened, my head softened a little bit, you know. Immediately, I felt better. And around the same time, I noticed that there was a car behind me that was just honking, just honking. Like it was almost as if this person had their elbow on the horn and was just leaning. And I looked at my rearview mirror and I saw this person in the driver's seat like completely losing their composure. I mean, like jumping up and down in the driver's seat, sort of waving their arms, hitting the horn with their hands. And I was like, oh shit, this person's losing their shit. And it's traffic and I get it. It's frustrating and you have somewhere to be. And I thought to myself, wow, like they've completely immersed themselves in the stress of this experience of them not being able to get where they're going to be or whatnot. And I thought, oh, 
knowing how I had just felt in my body, just thinking about having a difficult evening with the girls or with the evening routine, this person was like that times a million in terms of discomfort. I mean, how uncomfortable must this person must have been to have to be sort of not even be able to contain themselves in their seat, in the driver's seat and honking the horn and waving his arm out the window and middle fingers flailing everywhere, screaming curse words. I mean, he all out. And then he sort of drove off to the side of the road and cut everybody off and he could have caused an accident. That whole thing could have caused an accident because he was clearly immersed in some form of thought that was creating agitation. He wasn't accepting the fact that he was in traffic. There was no accepting of that fact. And boy, all I saw was pain. All I saw was discomfort. And it's, it's common, right? We all have this experience. I know we all know what it feels like to be that person. I mean, think about when you're online at the supermarket. It's a long line and you're tired and you're hungry. Clearly, I'm always tired and hungry at the end of the day. (laughs) But, you know, you're tired, you're hungry, you want to get home, you want to do your thing. And the cashier's like moving in the slowest motion you've ever seen. And then she's talking and chatting and la, 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 la. And you're online and you're thinking to yourself, you got to be freaking kidding me. Can't you move any faster? This is ridiculous. This is the worst customer service I've ever seen in my entire life. This is, this is crazy. This person should be fired. Why do they hire people that move so slow? Does she even know how to use the cash register? This is ridiculous. Why is she chatting? Oh my goodness, why does that person have 15 coupons? Da, 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 da. So your mind goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and goes when you're standing on the line. And you're having a sort of judgmental opinion about your circumstance, which isn't the way you want things to go, right? You want the line to move fast so you can move on to the next thing. But that's not working that way. Life isn't flowing that way right now. And our minds are generating all sorts of thoughts about it that are making the situation harder, actually. So what if, what if we could just stop that thinking, become aware of it, and come back to our breath and just be with ourselves? There's no story. There's no problem because right then and there, I'm just standing there holding my groceries. That's it. Anything else is just a figment of my mind, right? I'm, I'm not, there's no problem. There's no problem even later on. That's just, that's, that's imagination. And so how do we do that? How do we wake up? And come back to our breath when our mind is so agitated. And I've been giving this a lot of thought because, well, this is, this is the mud, right? This is when life is muddy. Because you know what? Things don't always go well. Like quite often they don't go well. Even if our life is blessed and things are ultimately really sort of easy. I mean, really, I don't have a difficult life. I get into traffic sometimes. Sometimes my children are difficult. Sometimes I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. But I'm not living in Syria. I'm not a refugee. My 
My child didn't just get shot in a school shooting. Like, really? This is what humans are having to deal with. Life is... Uncomfortable isn't even a strong enough word. And so when pain... And this is what I'm struggling with, right? Yogi Bhajan saying, happiness is your birthright. Uh, Okay. All right. Well, if happiness is my birthright, well, what is going on in this world? Because I'm not seeing a lot of happiness. I'm seeing a lot of suffering. I'm seeing a lot of pain. I'm seeing a lot of fear. Holy moly. Even my own fear. I've got little ones in elementary school. It's a whole new world when you're taking your kids to school and you're looking at the door and you're thinking, is there a lock on that door? Is that security guard armed? Can just anybody get into this school? Should I feel grateful that my kids' classes are on the third floor and it takes it would take a long time for a gunman to get up there? These are the thoughts that my mind generates because the world is as it is. that helpful creates a lot of stress for me creates a lot of fear doesn't make me happy and so when Yogi Bhajan is talking about happiness is your birthright well what what the fuck man and so I, I realized that happiness isn't the right word sorry Yogi Bhajan Happiness isn't the right word because happiness is fleeting. Happiness changes. Happy is, I don't know, externally derived. It, 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 it happens because something happens, right? You get happy over something. Maybe peace is my birthright. Serenity is my birthright. Joy, dare I say joy, is my birthright. Because what happens when I stop thinking is profound. That experience of being in the car and worrying about how my evening was going to go because I was late. When I was able to realize that that train of thought was creating disturbance in me, it was making me unhappy, it was making me worry, it was creating anxiety. When I realized that and I came back to my breath, the relief was instantaneous. There was no problem anymore. My body just softened. And the more I was able to sustain awareness of breath or even awareness of my present moment, right? So here I am in traffic. I'm driving, so I'm paying attention, right? I'm not lost in thought. I'm paying attention to the driving. I'm paying attention to my environment. I'm, there's songs on the radio that are, that are playing. My kids are enjoying the pop music. There's nothing wrong right then and there. It was my mind that was creating the problem. So this is benign, right? This is benign. You know what I've been really struggling with? This whole idea and the pain of losing a child. 
this is what's been rattling my mind. Where does serenity come from when your child dies? Now, I don't know that pain. But a lot of people do. And so where... (laughs) How do you deal with that one? Now, how do you deal with losing your home being forced out of your land and then losing your kids. We're seeing this, right? We're seeing this on the news. We're seeing this in media. We're seeing this is happening to people. And we're looking at life and we're saying, shit, yeah, life is designed to make us uncomfortable, for sure. This is, this is deep pain. And I know that when there's pain, when there's grief, because I've felt grief before. I've had people close to me die. It's a physical experience, right? It's not just thoughts. In fact, the thoughts get muddied and the, the, the sensation of, of the emotional body is so pronounced, it's overflowing with sensation to the point that it could just knock you down. And so how, how do we practice presence and non-thinking to get to the joy here? I don't know the answer. This is what I'm struggling with these days. As I was listening to Eckhart Tolle talk, and he was talking about these circumstances in life that make you uncomfortable I kept wanting him to go there I kept wanting him to I wanted him to answer that question for me how do you deal with it when your child dies how does that go because guess what that's my biggest fear hands freaking down that fear can knock me over It's not real, right? My children are fine. But because it happens, I get worried that it'll happen to me. And then that's just thought again, right? That's just me thinking and worrying and having anxiety. These are not, it's not real. It's just thoughts. I know in the simple experiences of discomfort and even even the not so simple experiences of discomfort, right? Heartbreak, breakups. This is why yoga can be so unbelievably soothing because we're not thinking about things, right? We're just being with ourselves. And I really believe that the more we cultivate presence in our life, what I mean by presence is simply being, being with yourself, with your breath, with your body, with the sensations of the body, and accepting whatever your present moment is and whatever your feelings are, just letting them be. The more we practice that, 
the more resilient we are. The more that we can bounce back if life ends up handing us a big doozy, a big tragedy. And like Oprah says, I know this for sure, that underneath the thinking is peace. I know this for sure. I've experienced it. I've experienced it in deep pain and suffering. When I was able to come back to my breath and my body, I felt better. Did I feel happy? Well, I don't know. Because <laughs> happy, to me, happy's like, yeah, man, got a raise. Yeah, man, I got a new job. Yahoo! I had a baby. I'm happy. It's not sustained. What we're looking to cultivate in life, in the mud, is peace. Is a sense of softness and openness and acceptance to what is. The thinking isn't going to let us do that. Thinking's not going to help that. That space underneath the thinking will. That non-thinking. This is why we practice, right? This is why we do yoga. This is why we meditate. I mean, this is why I do yoga. I don't know why you do yoga. But this is why I do yoga. This is why I meditate. Because I'm cultivating this. And it's like it's like I'm tilling the soil of my soul. I'm training myself to wake up from thinking when thinking is agitating me. I'm training myself to observe my thinking all of the time. Am I able to do it all of the time? No. Totally not. No. But I work at it. It's a constant intention for me to be aware of my thinking and to go deeper and to find that space underneath the thoughts or even the space in between the thoughts. It's actually in between and under. That leads to deep peace. Now I pray that I don't ever have to find out how to do this in a state of deep, deep grief, in a state where my worst fears come to pass. But I know And I have deep compassion for those who have to deal with that. Who have to live through that. Because this is our experience here on earth. 
Life is not meant to make us happy. It's designed to make us uncomfortable. So we wake up. And we wake up to the truth of who we are. We're consciousness beyond thought, beyond form, beyond our bodies. We're something far more expansive. And if we can really, really tap into that, really tune into that, practicing, not just on our meditation cushion, not just on the yoga mat, but every day in traffic, on the grocery line, when tragedy happens, coming back to your breath again and again and again. Watching your thoughts again and again and again. And that's how we connect to that peace, to that state. Don't let the mind dive into your fears. Don't let it. I think peace is our birthright. I think peace is our essence. I think it is peace and joy and love from which we come. And it is peace and joy and love to which we'll go. And this ride that we have on this earth is a rocky one. It's a roller coaster. You know, some people don't like roller coasters that much. But here we are. Everyone on this earth at this time is a brave, brave soul. Courageous. Warrior soul. So this podcast today is dedicated to everyone listening, you warrior souls, you. Whatever your life hands you, good or bad, or somewhere in between, come back to your breath. Come back to that place without thinking, without judging it, without opinionating it. Is that a word? (laughs) You know what I mean. Come back to your breath over and over and over. The breath will lead you to peace. I hope you have a beautiful day. And thank you so much for listening today. Satnam. Namaste. Peace out.